this gives you flexibility to kind of determine when you'll do it, what pieces you'll do when, and kind of have just a staggered approach to do so. Um, and realizing that for some of those things, they may need to stay where they are a little bit longer in order to get their ROI out of the work that they yeah. did there. Yeah. Um, but certainly start to realize immediate ROI, perhaps on some self-service functionality through success factors. All right, welcome to the SAP HCM Insights Podcast. Steve Bogner here, Managing Partner at Insight Consulting Partners. And with me today, we have Brandon Teams, Becky Murray, and Sven Ringling. Hey, everyone. Hi, Hi Steve. Hi, Steve. So uh, today we're going to talk about core hybrid implementations. Um, you know, there's been a lot of focus recently. There's the, the RISE program, the new RISE program from SAP that, you know, wants to take everyone to the cloud all at once, which is great. Um, I remember back, you know, years ago when SAP and Success Actors first got together and we heard that you could start anywhere, go anywhere, right? Which I think is still true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, some of that messaging might have gotten lost. And I think for some customers, that, you know, these core hybrid implementations still make sense. There's pros and cons, and we're going to talk about those today and sort of explore um, what these core hybrid implementations look like and uh, hopefully provide some good information. So um, I guess with that, Brandon, this was kind of, uh, this kind of came from a conversation you and I were having. So yeah. Um, yeah, so what would you say, what are some of the reasons people should still keep in mind these core hybrid implementations instead of taking everything all at once? Okay, so what I'd like to do, if it's okay, Steve, is, is um, maybe try to define what core hybrid is, because I think uh, the terminology kind of gets thrown around and people don't really understand. So what core hybrid means is that you're uh, essentially moving your system of record for HR data to the cloud, to Employee Central, where it can live with the rest of the talent modules. Um, but yet you're, you can keep your payroll uh, on premise that, that, you know, if you've got a payroll on premise today that's working today, um, you can use, uh, you can keep using that. And, and as, mm-hmm. as Sven uh, will probably talk about in a little bit, it also allows you to use uh, time management, which is a benefit for people. So this is not, this is not a long term, like the next 15 years kind of thing. But what it allows you to do is go ahead and modernize uh, your your front end, your employee central front end, uh, get off of the the, the very very old uh, UI of SAP HR, and get the benefits of moving uh, your front end to the cloud with all the workflows, the mobile enablement, uh, all of that, um, without necessarily having to uh, do anything with your payroll right away. So um, you know, that's the, I think at the outset, that's the thing that people need to understand about what that's what a core hybrid is. So for a lot of customers, if you've got a stable payroll and maybe you've got time and you've got some things that you're just not ready to move yet, um, this may make a lot of sense for you. And I, and I feel like that it gets under appreciated, um, under uh, publicized and, and it's a really, really uh, useful option for a lot of customers. So I'll start there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, payroll back on the on-premise side, but, and you mentioned time too, but there could be a whole host of things that companies have back there on their on-premise side, um, like feeding the data warehouse, right? And, yeah. you know, you, you don't want to go to, from 
EC directly to your old data warehouse immediately. So you keep the old backend in place and maybe custom applications, um, things, industry specific things, things like that. Yeah, and another thing um, to talk about, not only can it feed your just your master data, but the other thing that uh, Core Hybrid allows you to do, which is unique to the Core Hybrid scenario, is it allows you to integrate your org structure too. So your, your org units, your positions, your jobs, you can originate all of that uh, in your employee central system and then have all of that information move across uh, to uh, your SAP environment. And so you keep all of that up and running so that you can feed not only your HR system, but the rest of your business. If you're if the rest of your business is relying on your org structure for their workflows, this allows you to keep that uh, up and running while again, still having being able to modernize and utilize all the cool things that employee central has to offer. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very important point with the org structure, uh, especially relating to what Steve, what you earlier said, that it feeds like your your business warehouse. Yeah. I think with a lot of large organizations that go across many countries, um, the, the sub-HGM system that has been used for 20, 25 years, it feeds a lot. I, I remember a workshop with a customer when we talked about how integration can work after they move to Employee Central. They said, we identified 120 interfaces with our on-premise HCM system, and we are yeah. finding new ones every day. The second yep. point was the most scary part. So, and that's where it's, it's as you say, Brandon, it's not just about the employee master data, which is often the easy part, but the org structure, it, it's a yeah interesting part, um, and um, yeah you need you often need the org structure because of the other uh, downstream system. Not so much payroll itself doesn't necessarily need the org structure. Just the right cost center, and there you go. I think that's a it's a great point. So, and I think it's a it's a bit of a picture to think of the sub HCM system as a temporary post box where you can move all the data to the is originating from EC and then distributed across the organization, right? And then change one after the other, but not all 120 on one day, that's scary. Yeah, so those are great points. Um, I guess one thing, a couple of things that, that I would mention is when I've worked with customers on this, I caution them, you know, this is a good strategy for you now, but like you said, it's not permanent. And after you go live with your success factors suite, whatever you're doing, you have to turn a lot of that energy then to peeling away all of the stuff that you're still doing with your on-prem system. And Sven, you said like 100 and some, 178 interfaces. Um, and you know a lot of that, some of that develops without clients ever knowing, right? Until they start looking, they, they didn't know that someone in France built an interface to their on-premise time system. And you didn't know that because they did it locally. Um, but you'll find those things, right? And so, you have to turn your focus down, I think, to peeling away all the different layers of your on-prem system. Otherwise, it's just going to become an expensive piece of middleware that is connecting your HR system to everything else. And temporarily, that's okay. Long-term, you, you do not want that. Uh, that's a No, that's a really good point. And um, what this allows you to do, um, Steve, is if you realize that that's your long-term vision and you know that eventually one of these days there's going to be like a full inside of employee central uh payroll engine um 
eventually you know you're going there um you can start uh you can start off with with as many of your interfaces as possible probably staying uh on premise uh so just so that you're limiting uh your risk on right away but uh you can develop a migration plan to say okay these are the interfaces that i know today could be serviced by employee central and so you can start moving those over to either integration center uh, which is a really cool tool um, that allows more business users to send like simple flat files or of course uh, uh, cpi which is the uh, more robust tool that you can use in order to uh, move those inter integrations over. So yeah, you can build up a, a plan, and over time, um, you can you can make sure that those that those interfaces start moving over there. But to your point, um, what happens usually is people are like, okay, we got everything in, and it's and it's all and it's all stable, so let's not let's not touch it. Um, and so that's how uh, so many legacy uh, interfaces. Um, uh, stay in place way longer than they should because yeah. people don't realize the cost involved in just maintaining those those old ways of doing things. Yeah, that's true. That's a great point, Brandon. I think you, one of the things you said about reducing risk or lim limiting risk, I guess, uh, mm -hmm. is, is a key point. For a lot of organizations that have been running environments for a while, uh, there's a lot of stuff that needs to move over. I mean, to Sven's point, 170 plus integrations if you were to try to do you know, everything all at once, there's just no way you can replicate that. If you think about how long it took to set that initial environment up, this allows you to get there kind of in a piecemeal fashion, but to address your immediate needs first. If your immediate needs are mobile applications or better user interface or rolling out self-service functionality to employees and managers, this, uh, this particular approach allows you to deliver on those items without rocking the boat in other areas where you hopefully have stability um, and leverage those investments that you have made over time that have cost money and, and are hopefully stable. Um, and then to your point, come up with a plan to kind of migrate over to a complete cloud environment, knowing that bits of functionality on the success factor side are being enhanced at the same time as well. So you may yeah. do this right now and think, well, we can move our core HR data over and we could maybe move some of our payroll over, but we've got a gap there with time because our employees record their time to WBS elements or work orders or to projects within project systems. And so it allows you to kind of piecemeal out the pieces that make sense in success factors and still leverage the pieces that make sense in your on-premise mm -hmm. environment. Yep. Yeah. And even aside from the, the functionality being there, Becky, I, I have some customers who spent 10 or 12 years doing a global rollout of time and payroll, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. And it does it make sense that you would just take and do a knife edge cutover of all that into another platform? No, no, nope. it's just, I mean, it's just not maybe technically feasible, but from a, a change man management and risk perspective, no way, yep. no way. It, this gives you flexibility to kind of determine when you'll do it, what pieces you'll do when, and kind of have just a staggered approach to do so. Um, and realizing that for some of those things, like that time and payroll customer you just mentioned, they may need to stay where they are a little bit longer in order to get their ROI out of the work that they yeah. did there. Yeah. Um, but certainly start to realize immediate ROI, perhaps on some self-service functionality through success factors. Yeah. Yep. And and what's frustrating about this is, you know, if you look at the competitive environment, that this is exactly how a, a lot of workday implementations come out. They 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 are actually still using their SAP payroll because SAP payroll is just 
uh, more mature than what they have inside of, uh, of Workday at the moment. And so they do this core hybrid thing, um, but they, uh, they tout that they can do integrations uh, back to SAP HR uh, better than uh, SAP and success factors can, which is absolutely not true. And that's the that's yeah. the thing that I, you know, I want to make sure that we get across today is how many tools that exist in uh, uh, in SAP for just this uh, implementation strategy. They're, right. they're, they've spent uh, a, you know hundreds and thousands of hours getting um, getting a process in place that can that, mm -hmm. that facilitates that two way communication, and I, I, it's very underreported and underappreciated. If I ever if I ever get off my butt and, and actually do the uh, I'm, I'm planning on doing a YouTube series on just how easy it is to do these different steps along the way for the integration. Mm -hmm. But it's just really, uh, it, it, you know, the first time I saw it, I was, uh, you know, I, I was pretty surprised and blown away by the number of uh, tools that, that SAP has in place for the integration, uh, specifically yeah. with success factors and specifically with core hybrid. Well, let's talk about some of those tools. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and I'm just going to talk about just the sequencing and and how many uh, uh, different things are are in place because I just went through this uh, over the last couple of weeks with one of my new customers and I've done it before, but uh, you know it's just a reminder for me. So you know we uh, once you get the uh, uh, integration packs just uh, set up on your your middleware, which is your CPI, which is does not take that long. It's just taking the pre delivered um, uh, options and, and loading it into your CPI. All you have to do is load in the standard and then do some setup. You're not having to customize that. Your middleware just kind of sits there and, and serves as a, a as a go between. So there's not a, you don't need a a, a big uh, complicated CPI resource to come in to to help you with that. So you get that set up. Then um, uh, moving over, the first thing you're going to do is move over your uh, your foundation objects. So you're going to move over things like your cost centers, your wage types, your work schedules. That process. Um, literally is you select those items in a program inside of, of SAP, uh, press execute and voila, they show up over in your success factors environment. It's just that easy. Uh, now, of course, anything can have a, you know, it's complications. So I, I believe me, I understand that, but yeah. I'm not uh, having, uh, being someone who's worked with uh, success factors and SAP for long enough, I, I know when things are much, much easier than than what the expectations are, and this falls in that category. So you get the mm -hmm. so you get the foundation objects over. Then you just map over. You identify all the things that you need to migrate over for your employees. Uh, you run also a, a, a program that goes through CPI, and it will drop in um, via convert. And it'll convert in the employees that you have uh, into uh, success factors, into employee central. So you'll have all of your existing employee data that will come over, including some some uh, some uh, creative options with some of your historical data. If you need historical data, and most companies are going to want a little, at least a little bit of historical data on their employees and for their termed employees. Um, mm -hmm. So there's some really creative solutions for that that make that process really easy. Then uh, once I do that, then I do the mapping for the replication back uh, to SAP. Oh, and by the way, uh, org structure works the exact same way that I just said the employees. I can move over my org structure, my departments, my jobs, my positions mm -hmm. really easily. So like you're, you uh, you set up the, the uh, mapping that you need. And then next thing you know, you can have your org structure over there, including your positions and with not much effort. Um, and mm. then you've got all of that over there. We bring the employees, you drop them in there. And then, uh, then, uh, then it comes time to, you know, as we hire people and we make changes, then we need to send it back over to SAP. 
that same mapping that we did for uh, setting up the org structure and the employees to send it across, you can essentially use the same mapping uh, to bring the data back into SAP. So the, all of that is in place. Uh, all of that is something that you can use. I don't want to say out of the box because, of course, there's complications with it, but they have spent a lot of time, including putting a lot of deep logic into ABOP that every that that if you're a core hybrid customer, you're going to have that expertise. So if you need to come back in and you need to uh, customize a little bit how it works, you're going to have the people on your team that are going to be able to look at that, do the tweaks that are necessary in order to bring that data back into uh, uh, SAP. And so that's just the that's the bottom line is this process is, is something that a lot of customers, I think, uh, if they really understood the effort involved or the so in some cases lack thereof, they, they would be really working more aggressively mm -hmm. towards moving um, their their um, their front into the cloud. Yeah, and the tools are really good. I guess I would temper that a little bit because I mean, and again, the tools are very good. Um, where I've run into issues with that is where we don't have good data and where the data model that was implemented into success factors is significantly different than what it was in the on-prem system, which, which happens, which would happen with any implementation, right? Right. Um, you know, if your company has grown and changed since you implemented your SAP HR, um, you might have a different way, you, your data model might be significantly different now. And mm -hmm. so managing from that old to the new can be sort of challenging. Sorry, yeah. I think it might be the right thing, just a brief comment, to, to do that. I think it's tempting to say, oh, we want to make the integration and migration easy, so we align our new EC data model with the on-premise one. But that's you're not moving to on-premise to build what you had. And so you're exactly. not moving to the cloud to build yeah. what you had. So maybe sometimes you just buy with a little bit more pain in the project uh, a more flexible uh, and, and more sustainable future model. Exactly. Yeah, and and you know the tools are great. Sometimes the data doesn't cooperate. Um, I, I I will say that there are even in those cases there are ways that you can um, split out the mappings and uh, translate things so that they look different inside of Employee Central uh, sure. than than exist uh, in your backend system. So there there are definitely uh, ways to do that. But you know fundamentally uh, it depends on what you're trying to get out of this. If you're saying okay. We're trying to get this get up and running inside of Employee Central with uh, our payroll staying as as close to what it is today. You're probably not changing over your employee subgroups. Um, that's just that's a hell of a lot of work. Um, and so you're going to be uh, you're it's, uh, Steve may be trying to say, oh, let's let's go ahead and do that. Um, but, you know, there are there are ways that you could just get the data up in Employee Central. And the other thing is. Let's say that uh, you know two years from now we have a we have a new cloud product. Um, I, I feel much more comfortable later on saying I need to uh, tweak things a little bit inside of Employee Central and get them to work with yeah. the new product that's coming um, than yeah. I would if I were just trying to change that that same level of configuration and complexity inside of SAP HR, which of course yeah. there's splinters everywhere on that. So that's that that that's the one yeah. counterpoint I would make to that. One of the things when we kind of come across that scenario with our customers, one of the things I like to direct folks to, and I know we've tossed this out on previous podcasts, 
but the IDP's implementation and design principles. There's actually a really great IDP specific to uh, these scenarios. What happens when you have um, some type of organizational structure design, but perhaps you're making updates or perhaps things are not consistent from environment to environment. Um, and it walks you through kind of what best practices, but then it walks through what happens if you have this scenario or this scenario or this and this, and it gives you solutions for pairing uh, those different pieces together for people who perhaps have a little bit of inconsistency between their old structure and what they would want it to be today. Um, or who need to set things up a little bit differently within employee central to make the. Uh, the employee structure side of things work as opposed to some of the organizational structure side of things that may be in your you know, legacy on prem environment. So that's available, um, I believe, for partners in the partner portal, customers in the customer community. It's, it's actually a really complete and thorough document. It's, I think it's over 100 pages, so it kind of walks you through a lot of different scenarios. Yeah, there there are several actually out there, the IDPs for, and they really have, I, I agree with you, Becky, they've, they've done a lot to um, you know, think through some of the, these things for you as far as like, if you are moving to the cloud, here are some things that you need to think about from an SAP HR perspective. So, yeah, again, they've, they've there's been a lot of work done by the A team, if you, if you will, of the, of the SAP engineers. Um, mm -hmm. And they have done a great job with this, but I think it's just kind of underpublicized how great it is. Yeah, they put a lot of effort into it, and it's it's come such a long way from a, a few years ago. So yes. it's, it's good, and, and I think you know SAP Success Factors listened, and um, and responded. So that's great, which is you know it's typical. I, I think what maybe is also a good point to to briefly talk about is uh, that the 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 core hybrid model is uh, more sustainable than it used to be because we for us it's already the new normal, but Many customers still think that there is a cutoff time for uh, on-premise payroll support in the in the near future. I think it's important to point out that um, there is a relatively easy upgrade um, to sub HCM for S4 HANA. Did I say that right? Or H4 S4? Um, and then with that, you are you're on a long-term support model. I think it's important to mm -hmm. emphasize. It's a support model. It's not where the innovation is going to happen. Um, so there's still the incentive to at some point uh, move towards the cloud. But I can't just emphasize it often enough because uh, um, it's it's maybe it's all over YouTube, but most customers only check these things out when they need something new. And there's still some who, who um, are actually being tricked by vendors into you actually have to move by 2025 or, or something, it's still out there. I think that's in, important to mention. And also the other thing in terms of uh, like being uh, being a midterm solution is that apart from payroll and time and attendance, another piece that doesn't really have an equivalent in the cloud is the personal cost planning and simulation component. Mm -hmm. yeah. Maybe it's mostly used in Germany, but I've, I've seen it outside Germany as well. And especially now with the with the new change in strategy from SAP to say uh, we are not actually going to offer a, a new workforce planning inside success factors, but uh, there's going to be something new on on sub analytics cloud that uh, covers that. Um, yeah, that may mean it, it's prudent for for customers who are looking for a, a cloud solution 
uh, to wait a little bit and keep payroll, including their their planning simulation uh, on premise until that's really there. Yeah, yeah. There's functionality like that, Sven, in the U.S. for universities uh, mm. and some some public sector position budget and control is what it's yeah. called. It's, a, it's complicated, and um, you know SAP is going to find a home for it, but. You know, that's something that is not quite there for the higher education customers. And so it's a, it's a reason for them to sort of decouple these things. But I think one of the biggest reasons to sort of decouple uh, and look at a hybrid, a core hybrid implementation is because you get more innovation faster on the, on the EC success factor side for all of the employee facing uh, scenarios. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's great. I think there's tremendous payoff and value in that. And then the things that aren't as employee facing, um, you know, maybe they stay back on your on premise side for a while, which is fine. And then you find homes for them as as it makes sense. Um, I think for larger, more complex customers, it's just a it's a very serious thing that they should consider. Um, you know, like I said, you know, you didn't get to your HCM implementation with all these complexities overnight. And, uh, you know, you can't expect to get out of it overnight either, but you got to keep working at it, be intentional about it. Cause you know, the last thing you want is to, you know, 10 years from now, look around and say, Hey, how can we have this big on-prem system still hanging around? And, you know, when you had 10 years to do something about it, so you need to, you need to keep on it. At some point when you say employee facing, I think it's worth mentioning mobile, right? I mean, it's it's a yeah, um, between yeah. the success factors, mobile capabilities, and and the the on-premise mobile capabilities, where you have, you almost need to build most things you, you need uh, yourself. Yeah, that's a great point. I think also if you look at just the concept of user adoption, having this core hybrid model still allows you to have um, essentially universal SAP ID, so still one login. You can have a consolidated homepage or landing page, which lists out all of your different SAP pieces and functionality. So you're not asking employees or managers or whatnot to go to different places or log in different areas or try to learn to navigate a different space. You can kind of consolidate that all into your existing, um, you know, user navigation pages that still then offer that employee engagement or that self-service functionality or, you know, taking some of these talent pieces one step further. Yeah. Um, whereas if you stay with the on-prem, you know, you, you get what you get and that's, that's just it. So. Mm -hmm. Well, and SAP said for a number of years now that the innovation is going to go to the success factor side and, um, you know, that's where it's at. So that's where you want to be for those things. Yeah. And, and, uh, as someone who used to work with HCM processes and forms, which is the way, yeah, <laughs> uh, I remember that. Oh yeah, and and um, I, I know I know you know Chris Solomon, and he's still making a quite a living, I think, uh, uh, because he's uh, he's doing such a good job with uh, the HCM processes and forms process, and there's still plenty of people on it. I can tell you though that um, doing business processes inside of Employee Central uh, just is like lightning uh, is just exponentially mm -hmm. faster than it is trying to uh, do things from, through HCM processes and forms. I mean, you're not, you're the thing about uh, Employee Central that, that uh, people don't understand is it's one user interface, whether you're in HR, employees or managers. The only thing that's different is that you have uh, different security 
Um, yep. So you hide different things, but then the workflow is super, super easy. So uh, where it would take me months to uh, implement, say, a promotion process with three levels of approval um, inside an on-premise system, uh, in Employee Central, I can web enable uh, processes, you know, super quickly. Um, and um, it's just a lot, uh, it's a lot better user interface and it allows you to modernize uh, in a sense, in a way that you could not do um, very easily inside of uh, SAP HR. It's a new generation of software. Yeah, that's what we would expect, right? And that's that's why you go to it. Right. Absolutely. Just, right. just one point as we are talking about the user interface a lot, uh, and maybe closing the loop to when we started with what is core hybrid. Maybe it's also good to say what it's not designed to be because the talk about um, the great user interface seems to make some customers believe that it is just a user interface so mm -hmm. again and again have these conversations when customers think employee center is replacing a fiori ui and writing directly into their sub hcm database i mean i've seen implementations that were done like that I mean, obviously, still in the EC database, and then use the integration. But it's uh, it's not how how it's engineered to be. It's an independent end-to-end uh, -end core HR system that, that can feed your payroll. Mm -hmm. So this assumption that I have a choice between uh, some enterprise portal and Fiori or EC as my UI that's not what you need to compare it against. And, and still, this confusion is often there. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're basically the, the thing that people need to understand is if you if you implement Employee Central, that is your new system of record. That's your new center yep. of gravity. Yep. You're basically saying this is the driver of everything. And we but we're keeping payroll around because, you know, we're feeding payroll what it needs. And we're feeding the org structure and the rest of the business what they need. Um, but they are really uh, th that's a secondary. The primary is now uh, your Employee Central, which, of course, the benefit of that, of course, we just talked about the user interface uh, enhancements and, and you know, just being able to maintain things within uh, for an employee, but also you're integrated with the rest of your talent suite right away. So it's much easier yeah. to uh, have your, you know, your requisitions and your your onboarding. All of that is all working together. Your for your performance uh, is working with your uh, with your core HR data. There's no interfaces um, uh, to any other systems for those. They're, it's all right there together and your reporting. Um, is uh, is simplified. So if you need if you need uh, reporting uh, of both performance and employee data, you know, paired together, that's where you're going to get the benefit out of uh, uh, putting all of this into the cloud. Yeah, the hint is in the name, right? It's employee central, not employee fringe. <laughs> Point on the side. Nah, that doesn't sound right. Either. Good points, everyone. Okay. So, thanks for all that uh, insight. Um, that's what the podcast is about, right? Insights. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's hopefully we've uh, provided some good information to listeners and, uh, you know, give us some feedback, good and bad. If you have ideas for other podcasts, let us know that too. And we appreciate you. Mm -hmm.